Hey everyone, it's David Warrench. Welcome again to the Authentic Dad Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please reach out to me at further.coach, F-U-R-T-H-U-R dot coach and further underscore coaching on Instagram and further coaching on TikTok. I do a free 30-minute discovery call to see if we're a good fit. If you're a father and you want some support with your relationships with your partner or yourself or your children, I am here for you and I'm really passionate about that. Today I'm joined by Rachel Cole. Rachel is a relationship coach. She coaches people on everything relationship with themselves, how to find their ideal partner, how to get unstuck in a relationship. A really good conversation. I can relate to her because she's a fellow attorney like me. I hope you enjoy it. Lots of good insight in this one. And um, please consider, as always, subscribing and giving us a five-star review. Have a wonderful day. I hope you're well and healthy and safe. And we'll see you on the other side. So I am here with Rachel Call. Is it Call? How do I pronounce your name, by the way? Cole, like the stuff you burn. Mm -hmm. Cole, like the stuff you burn. Um, She's a relationship coach and she spent 10 years as a criminal defense lawyer and she got to work with people one-on-one, learned about them. So coaching really is an extension of that kind of work that she did. And she says on her bio that she came to coaching as a client first. She had a rough breakup. I'd love to hear that story. We can go into that. And then she got her own coaching, was totally hooked, and now is a coach and coaches all kinds of different people on relationships. Rachel, Cole, thank you. Like the stuff that burns. Thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to be here. And I listened to a couple episodes of your podcast and I just think what you're doing is really cool. So I'm glad to be on. I'm honored that, and you were also my first lawyer guest. Oh, amazing. It's, it's good to have a fellow, a fellow lawyer on, on the yeah. show. Thank you very much. Of course. So tell us about your journey. You, you were a client first. Let's hear, uh, uh, you were yeah, client of a coach first. Yeah. Let's hear how that, how that Totally. Happened. So I, like you said, I was um, a practicing attorney for about 10 years. I um, actually was, I did some criminal defense work when I was doing personal injury. So I was plaintiff side personal injury, criminal defense at a, a firm in Rockville, Maryland. But um, before that, I spent probably the bulk of my legal practice in the state's attorney's office, uh, both in Montgomery County and in Baltimore City. And I just like, was one of these lawyers that really loved the practice of law. Like I didn't leave the practice of law because I was fleeing mm. legal work. I was more running towards uh, a coaching business that just inspired me beyond words. Um, yeah. But I, how do I put this in a way that's succinct? It's what's on my website, but essentially I'd spent most of my relationship years. So uh, I had my first boyfriend at 15. And so basically from 15 to 35, so a solid 20 years, being terrified of being uh, spontaneously dumped. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that never happened to me, (laughs) but I was always afraid of it, always bracing for it, always very anxious about it. And then it happened to me for the first time at 35 and I was as crushed as I expected to be. Um, And so having been in and out of therapy on a very sort of um, sporadic basis, most of my uh, late twenties and early thirties, I knew I wanted to try something different. I had gotten some weird advice from a therapist. (laughs) He essentially was like, you just need to tell your boyfriend that you have to look through his phone once a day. And I was like, um, that doesn't sound right to me. 
but you know. Um, and so from there, I was kind of like, eh, I want to try something different, right? And I think um, yeah. also just the lawyer in me never felt like I had the time to get away to go to therapy. I was always like, ex- like over explaining my absence and being like, oh my God, I'm not in the office. Like what if something happens? So coaching was very appealing to me because my amazing coach um, lives on the West Coast and, mm-hmm. she, and I offer flexible hours to my clients, but she does that as well um, and was able to coach me in the evenings, which was huge when I was still practicing law. So um, sort of working with her and just really loved everything I learned. It was so, um, without being a lot of blame and, and shame on myself, mm-hmm. it was very clear to me, and I think some of me knew this going into coaching, that I was the common denominator in some of my relationship failures. And I learned really that failure is something we should lean into instead of being afraid of, that we learn so much from our failures. And so um, I really just loved the process of coaching with her and continued to practice law myself full time, but also was inspired to get certified as a life coach in 2019. Um, Did that and started coaching clients that same year. And it just grew because I wasn't super focused on growing it, I think. Um, And so it kind of just blossomed into something that either I had to sort of dial back my coaching business in order to keep my full-time job or decide to walk away from the full-time job, which is what I did in the beginning of 2020. Oh, wow. I didn't realize it was so recent. So you just yeah. walked away. Oh, wow. mm-hmm. Well, so you never, I mean, you, you never set out to be a coach. You, weren't, you just sort of happened upon it by getting hooked um, getting as a client. Yeah. yeah. By sure. the way, that's a remarkable record of not having gotten dumped in 35 years. I think it's just important to, <laughs> to point that out. I mean, for um, sure there were people that weren't interested, right? But like yeah. to have a boyfriend just like, wake up one morning and dump me, um, I think was a fear that I had for a long time and it never materialized until I was 35. And was that a long-term relationship, a really sort of impactful, important relationship, or was it just someone you were casually dating? No, it was an important relationship for sure. Um, It was not super long time-wise, but I do think, and and you can probably speak to this based on the guests and experiences that your guests have had, but I definitely feel like as I got older, my relationships got more serious more quickly. I think we all get a little more clear on what we are looking for and what we're not looking for. And so, um, yeah, with this particular person, like I was all in on him and, um, and it was very serious to me. And then, yeah, about six or seven months into it. Um, and not to sound cliche, Mm -hmm. looking back, would you say this was a little bit of a gift? Cause it, kind of catapulted you to land where you are now? 100%, yes. And I think um, in so many ways, it's clear to me now that that was absolutely not the right relationship for me. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not just like a a convenient sort of let's back into that being the story because of the way it unfolded. But um, I really saw through coaching how much uh, the way that I was showing up in that relationship really attracted a partner who um, was not on the same page in a lot of ways, especially when it came to communication. And so um, I really learned a lot about myself in terms of like what my expectations are, what my boundaries are and where um, my communication style is and that it's okay if that's not for everyone, that that doesn't mean mine is wrong just because it didn't work for this one person. So tell me about, like, let's get current. What kind of is what kind of things are showing up like in your clients? You mentioned about yourself. One of the things you paid attention to or learned how you were showing up. 
Um, tell, tell me more about that. Yeah. I'm curious. So I think we all as coaches, and, and I'm sure you've had this experience too, um, kind of attract clients that are struggling with the same things that we struggled with mm-hmm. ourselves or even that we continue to struggle with, right? I think it's so important that coaches have um, humanity too and also still are doing the work and still living in their own sort of transformation for lack of a better way of putting it. And so um, my clients show up with a lot of the same things that I struggled with or continue to struggle with. Um, I think for most of them, it is this sort of pull between um, they're having a reaction to something their partner or past partners have done. And um, they're sort of in this middle space between like, am I right or are they right? Right. Yeah. Um, is this, does this mean we're not right for each other? Does this mean I need to just quote unquote fix my thoughts? Right. A lot of my clients like get an understanding basically of the thought work. And then they're like, I just need to change my thoughts. It's mm-hmm. like, that's not exactly how it works. Uh, we need to understand mm-hmm. what we're thinking, what's driving our action, what we're feeling when we take action, all of that stuff before yes. we can change it. And so I think that's where my clients typically yeah, show up. It feels like when they show up, they're wanting like a sounding board, like almost some validation is, you know, am, am I on the right path? Is this right? And you're like, oh, it's a lot deeper than that mm-hmm. about who's right or who's wrong or strategies. It's, it's, let's say more, we want to get more um, transformational than that. Yeah. And I don't know if that, if that lands, but I, I see what you mean. They're, are they looking for some type of validation of, of where they're coming from? I think so. Yeah. And I think they know on, on some level that validation isn't the answer because we all get validation mostly from our friends and family and, and the people that we've been talking to. Right. And especially my lawyers, like mm-hmm. you kind of figure out what advice you want and then you go out and get it. Right. And so yes. it's like, if that's not working for you because it's not making you feel better because you're still torn and you're still confused and you're still doubting yourself, um, you know that the validation isn't what you need. You know you need something else. And that's interesting because even if you know you need something else, the first time you get called out on your stuff by a coach, it can feel Mm -hmm. really uncomfortable. Um, But I always say there's so much growth in the discomfort because when it's uncomfortable, it's uncomfortable for a reason. Especially for lawyers, right? We're not used to being vulnerable or not having the answer Mm -hmm. or sometimes examination. You know, sometimes it's very rational and relationships can be very irrational. Totally. Yep. So um, yeah, no, you're really, for those of you who don't know Rachel, hope you check out your Facebook page because you mentioned about you having gone through what your clients go through and you're so excellent at communicating that on your Facebook. I love your posts. Oh, thank about, you. Um, I guess they're like little blogs and they mm-hmm. sort of resonate um, on a level of, yeah, I've been there. And yeah. here are some of the things that I learned. And I think that's really important because you've walked the path rather than coming at it as some guru you're coming at it as someone who's been who's like yeah i'm on the other side of this mm-hmm. i learned a lot and i'm here to share it with you why what do you think you know for you like what makes it so exciting for you to like coach on relationships why what lights you up about that yeah that's a good question i think it's really just showing people their mind in a way where they no longer feel stuck. They no longer feel trapped. Watching people free themselves 
um, is just such a gift. And I think honestly, that like the more people that are doing this work, the more people that are on to their own emotional um, twists and turns that come only from their thinking, um, the better, like this sounds so magnanimous, but like the better the world will be, right? Like when more Mm -hmm. people are Mm -hmm. in tune with their own emotional experiences, I think the more peacefully we all sort of coexist and communicate, right? Um, So I love watching my clients feel like they suddenly feel so disempowered or they, they come to me feeling so disempowered, so like frustrated, confused, stuck, lost, all the things. And really just from, I mean, I'm not doing anything special. I'm just showing them what they mm-hmm. are thinking and that their thoughts are always optional. And as soon as they really oh, start yeah. to see that and experience that and they're like, oh, wow, like I really could choose something else. Not that I necessarily mm-hmm. am going to or can in this moment, but it's possible there's another option out there. That's everything. Thoughts are always optional. And the stories, it's sometimes yeah. it's like these stories we tell ourselves. What I think is interesting about you, and we don't know each other that well, but what I've seen of what your work is that a lot of it is, yeah, you're coaching people on relationship, but the first step is the relationship with yourself. Totally. You're coaching people on how to have a relationship. But let's start with, don't worry about the other person. You're finding that. Yeah. We, we are building, tell me, tell me about that. How, how, why is the relationship with ourselves or getting clear about who we are, our boundaries, our expectations, our mindset, is that the first step? Is that, is that the foundation? Yeah. I mean, I know, again, people say that, but talk to me about more about that. Yeah, I think it's essential. Um, it's, it's literally impossible to know what you're looking for in someone else when you don't even know who you are and what you bring to the table as a partner. And I don't just mean like as a partner, like here's what I'll offer. Like I'll cook dinners several nights a week yeah. and I'll walk the dog and I'll, like not that, but like what your expectations are, what your deal breakers are. And knowing that like other people may not be on board and other people may not have the same deal breakers and the same expectations. Your, what works for your best friend may not work for you. What works for your sister or brother may not work for you. And so really owning what works for you and why, right? Are you setting certain expectations in relationships because of fear? Or are you setting those expectations because they genuinely reflect who you yeah. are and what you want in your life? Yes, this is called the Authentic Dad Podcast. So it's like, okay, when you're setting these expectations, is it coming from that deeply held, authentic place because of who you are, or is it, or is somebody else driving the car? Mm-hmm. Anxiety, fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to be single the rest of my life, or he fits, or she fits all of the um, checks off all the boxes. Yeah. For example, shall we get a little specific, more specific? Yeah. Like if someone reaches out to you. And they are, let's say, having trouble attracting the right person for them. They've been on a million dates. Um, Is that a common situation? Totally. Um, So like, where do you begin with, let's say, someone like that? Say, look, I've been on these dates. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, I feel like I'm attracting the wrong people or my relationships don't last long. And I really want to be in a long-term relationship or I want to get married. And for whatever reason, it's just like escapes me for some reason. What's wrong with me? Yeah. So I think what I would start on with that person, depending on how much time I had with them, right, would be um, really looking at what their profile looks like, what they're saying Mm -hmm. about themselves. Because I think particularly women, um, 
find themselves creating profiles. And I know I was guilty of this, yeah. even, even as recently as my last relationship, which ended in March. Um, I posted a profile a year and a half before then. So September, mm -hmm. 2018, um, and was really trying to be like my own best commercial, right? Yes. You're like, here's a picture of me at a bar. Here's a picture of me like hiking. Here's a picture of me like with a bunch of friends, right? Right, right. And you sort of paint this picture of yourself being this like, I like to do all the things all the time. I'm so like fun loving and adventurous. Yeah. And I go like hiking and camping and out with friends every weekend. And, and that may be, but it may not be who you are, right? Yeah. It may be that you have tried to create this universal appeal but you're not trying to attract everyone. You're trying exactly. to attract one person. And so if you've been on a million dates and you want to get married and you want to settle down, I want to know what else you want, like what other features of your personality there are, what you like to do in your spare time, how you like to unwind at the end of the day, at the end of the week. Like, are you outdoorsy? Are you into fitness? Are you into cooking? Like, where do you spend your life? Because if you've been yeah. on a million dates, you've been on a million dates with people because your net is too wide. And you're not yeah. being specific enough. And there's some fear, right? That like, if I don't meet everyone, I won't find my person. Right. Because it only usually takes one unless you're interested, unless mm -hmm. you're polyamorous, I guess, or something. You're looking totally. for, for one. Yeah, exactly. It's, I'm laughing because I have a friend of mine and he's, I love that you said, look, the first thing I do is look at their profile because that's sort of the energy you're putting out there, mm -hmm. especially now in the pandemic. I imagine people are not meeting at bars or meeting online. And he took advice of someone that told him you have to, a man has to have a picture of himself doing an extreme sport, which I thought was interesting and a little bit funny. But the advice was like women want a man. <laughs> and it's like what you're saying, like, well, I guess it depends on who you're trying to attract and how wide of a net. And, and, and the guy was really serious about this. And, and he did it. And, you know, he put a picture of himself doing an extreme sport. So that seems like an important place to start. Let me see like what your, what your profile looks like yeah, and, and what you're saying and go from there. It's kind of like your, right. like what's your marketing material, right? Like what, who right. are you attracting? And I think so much of that, again, circling back to your last question is like, well, do you even know what you want, mm -hmm. right? Do you even know who you are? Because it's one thing to consciously be compromising how you're perceived online, but it's another thing when you, you're not even checked in on like, what's important to you. And that's definitely where I was. Like mostly you don't see people creating a, a universally appealing profile by design, right? They're doing it because they genuinely don't know like what mm -hmm. they haven't really given thought to or even accepted the possibility that like they can want to spend their time the way they want to and want to meet somebody intelligent, outgoing, friendly, personable, you know, smart, uh, attractive, like all these different, they, they're like, that doesn't exist, right? So they've lost belief in the ability to be as specific and precise about who they are as they want to be and believe that that person is out there who wants the same thing. So getting really clear, like, this mm -hmm. is what I want. Yeah. How has it been um, coaching or being in, kind of involved in this world during, a, during the pandemic? What, I mean, you started your full-time practice, gosh, mm -hmm. like right before, right before yeah. it hit. For sure. What kind, um, what kind of interesting stories or weird things that come up of people trying to date or be, or, or people that are in relationships in this yeah. environment? What's that like? Totally. I mean, I think it's interesting um, because it just, you know, the pandemic is 
a neutral circumstance. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds um, implausible to those of us who are wearing masks and wiping down our groceries and not going to the places that we used to go to, but there are plenty of folks out there who aren't at all phased by the pandemic and are living life. <laughs> What'd you say? I said, yes, of course. Yeah. yeah and are just mm-hmm. living life as though nothing is, is different about 2020. Mm-hmm. So we know that people have different opinions about the pandemic. So it's a completely neutral circumstance, but it has created, I think, an opportunity for people to slow down, uh, be at home with their own thoughts and issues and without the distractions that we used to have available to us to escape to some extent. Like I think many people got comfortable and it's so socially acceptable not to hire a coach, but to go out and drink a bottle of wine with your friends to deal with the uncomfortable feelings, right? When you can't do that or when it's a lot more difficult to do it, you're at home, you're not spending the money that you've spent on booze or food out or vacations or whatever else, activities, yoga classes, what have you. And you're at home with your thoughts and you're saving money and you're like, this is the right time (laughs) for me to make an investment in my own brain and figure out Mm -hmm. how I can manage these uncomfortable thoughts and feelings without having to literally escape my apartment, my home, my partner, my single Mm -hmm. life my dog, my cat, whatever it is, to go out and distract myself, right? So I think it's actually been a really prime opportunity for coaches and for people that want to get coached to to lean into that desire to do self-development work in this slow down, sort of funky stay inside year. Yeah, I would imagine for some people, it's great. I'm inside, so I'm going to turn inside, turn inward. And then for other people, it's really painful. They're staring at the walls. They're drinking too much. They don't know all of the things that distracted them, mm-hmm. numb them, um, to a certain extent aren't there anymore. And you you have to feel the feelings or you have to face the stuff. So like for some, it's a gift and for some it's painful. And maybe for maybe if you actually work with it, it it's it's a gift for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, um, so do you, do you also, I mean, I assume you coach people who are seeking relationship and also ones that are in relationship. The whole, the whole spectrum. The whole, the whole gamut. Mm-hmm. Um, are, I mean, it's a huge question, right? Relationships, we could talk for 50 hours. Yeah. Like what? I, and it's one of those things, it's like, I don't know if we'll ever fully figure it out, but mm-hmm. what are there things that come up that are just like, wow, that's a pitfall that, that you see, like, because you're over and over again that you would say, that you say is really common? If there is, are there any like themes or common things that come up with people, let's say that are pitfalls, either looking for relationship or in relationship where it's like, don't do that. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, in, the, in keeping with the authenticity piece, I think we as a human race tend to try to please others more than um, we can in order to maintain our own happiness. And that is a slippery slope because I think we please others mostly because of how we get to feel about making the decision to take care of their feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's a selfish, selfless act <laughs> because yeah. the only reason we're doing something that we think somebody else wants us to do is because we want to feel better about ourselves. Exactly. And it creates this resistance and this distaste for our own sort of treatment of self when we prioritize what we think somebody else wants over what we know we want. And Mm -hmm. I think it is, um, 
a pattern that people fall into in relationships, telling themselves everything requires compromise. Relationships always require compromise. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you always have to kind of do things you don't like, and you always have to like put somebody else first sometimes. And all of these sort of truisms that we've just heard our whole lives and we accept them as fact. And I, I'm not saying that's not the case. I do think relationships require compromise, but I think knowing where we are doing yeah. something for quote unquote, for somebody else, it is truly for ourselves always yes. so that we can feel a certain way. And how can we access that feeling that we're trying to get by doing what they want us to do against our own preferences? Like how can we create that feeling for ourselves while still being true to ourselves and saying no when saying no is appropriate and being with the discomfort, right? Of potentially disappointing yeah. somebody that we care about and still knowing and believing in the strength of the relationship or our ability to take care of ourselves if the other person is like, that doesn't work for me, right? But I think Huge. so much of what we do is like motivated by this fear of disappointing somebody else, fear of being rejected by somebody else, fear of being left by somebody else, which is coming back to that breakup that I went through. I realized mm-hmm. so much of that relationship for me was showing up in a really inauthentic way, trying to be what I thought he wanted me to be. And so of course he left, right? Like yeah. I wasn't being myself. He didn't even know me. And so um, yeah. I think that's You were contorting probably- yourself because that's what you thought he wanted. Right. And, and it had the opposite effect. And that's, exactly. that's such a huge point, right? You can, you can do something for someone and it can come from this place of love and caring because I really want to, or it can come from this place of, I really need the validation. I need the gold star. Mm-hmm. I need them to think I'm this great person, which yeah. is a totally different thing. And then there's this other thing you're bringing up about saying no and boundaries when you don't want to do it, having the strength and the authenticity to say no. Mm-hmm. Cause what happens in my experience is when we do the thing we don't want to do, we just get resentful. I don't really want to do this. I don't really want to do this. Mm-hmm. And you know, you end up sort of, um, serving this person because you need the validation and then that's not really a relationship. Right. You're just sort of, uh, you like, it's, it's really more about you mm-hmm. than, than, than actually relating to what's happening between the two of you. Right. It's like, yeah. The, the, I say this because I'm historically such a pleaser and mm-hmm. over the years definitely have gotten a lot, a lot better than that. But I think a lot of, a lot of people are, are pleasers. Mm-hmm. So I love that your work is 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 also focused on strengthening that self, yeah, and the clarity of that and boundaries and all that. Because once you have that, gosh, I think I think being in relationship is is so much better, yeah, or more or 100%. more real, yeah. So yeah, no, I think that's a huge huge pitfall. Um, and what else should um, what is there anything else you think? we should cover you should add i don't i don't want to yeah i mean i just think um let's be whole and yeah totally i think um the whole idea too in coming back to just starting on the self right is that i think nobody Mm -hmm. comes to coaching they want to solve their relationship issues with other people and i don't think they want to hear that the work begins with self-development but it really is everything because um I think so many of us grew up believing that like life was incomplete until that partner was in the picture. Yep. When we think that we are, um, 
we are looking for people through the wrong lens because we're looking for somebody to complete our, our experience of ourselves in a way that is just not possible. Um, and that's not to say that other people are optional or that relationships are optional, but they are not something that should serve to complete the self. And so if that's where you are coming from and you're um, postponing your own enjoyment of your life and your full and complete happiness with yourself until that partner walks into the picture, you will continue to not attract the partners that are ideal for you. Um, Another person is never going to fill that hole. Right. That is a bottomless hole that you need to fill yourself. So, um, so that would be sort of the main takeaway, I think for, for this, for your audience, right. Is like, um, where you are feeling like that piece of your life is missing 100%. That is a, a glaring signal and alarm that should be going off in your mind to work on yourself. It feels universal. It feels universal to me, whether you're a, a single, whether you're a parent, where you're a father, where you're any, that even if you're married, that there's, um, this sense of self that you're talking about and to um, be whole without that other person, even, even if you've been married for 20 years, mm-hmm. seems like an important thing to cultivate mm-hmm. and would, e- would change your relationship if you're in one or not in one or have been in one for 50 years. It seems like everybody can get something from, from that. Yeah. So I think it's so important. Are there, let's say, any like besides the coaching that, that you um, have had and the coaching that you provide, any other books that you would say, wow, this is a must read resources um, out there. Cause there's so much conflicting relationship advice and um, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I love reading books. Yeah. Is there anything that you love that you'd I, um The book that changed everything for me was Byron Katie's loving what is. Uh-huh. I know um, Byron Katie. I don't know that one. Yeah. It's a, um, it was a game changer for me because it just invited me to really make peace with reality. I think I, and many mm-hmm. lawyers, I think tend to be folks that want to just change how things are. And mm-hmm. many times we can change our own experience and shift things for the better, especially when it's all stemming from our thinking, but there are certain things in the world that can't be changed as I'm sure you're aware. <laughs> and so, yeah. Um, other people fall into that category and yes. things that are happening in the world outside of us fall into that category. And so really making peace with in a genuine way rather than in sort of a white knuckled, like it's all fine. It's all fine kind of way um, was a very big first step for me. So I loved that one. I also just finished untamed by Glennon Doyle. It's more. Yeah. I want to read that one. Yeah. It's, it's so good. So um, is it, is it similar to eat, pray, love or. Um, I don't see it as all that similar. I mean, they're both self-development books and I think they Mm -hmm. both sort of focus on the um, journey of self-exploration before really, Mm -hmm. you know, focusing on our relationships with others. But, um, but I do think, uh, Untamed, it's been a while since I've read Eat, Pray, Love, but I do think, um, Untamed presents a different side. A theme of empowerment. Mm -hmm. Sounds like. The one you talk about um, loving what is, what came up for me is I'll, I'll recommend one. It's called Already Free, mm-hmm. Already Free. It's a, not a very well-known one. It's by a guy named Bruce Tift. Mm-hmm. And it reminds me of, so he's a Buddhist and a psychotherapist and he really talks about this idea of acceptance. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, what would it be like if this problem, and it's a lot in the context of relationships, never had a solution? Like what if for the rest of your life, Mm-hmm. You know, like this was a problem. He, I think there was a line in the book that says he's, he's been married for 35 years and every day of 
his marriage, like his partner has disturbed him in some way. And he explains what that means. He has a good marriage. But the idea is that com- we, we should work on our, our, our lives and, and get coaches and therapists. And, but start with a place of acceptance, as you're saying. Like, let's, let's start with reality. Let's fully accept that. And then from that foundation, then we can get the coaching instead of having some yeah. other sort of, um, let's say, ideal that isn't real. Yeah. Um, it's very Buddhist, but it's, it's very good. I love that. Yeah. I will check that one out. Thank you. Yeah, I think I always ask myself, what if, what if, what if this problem never had an answer? What if it never yeah. got resolved? Like, what could you, you know, like, could you live with it, or how would yeah. you live with it? Because how it may not. It? Right. it may not. Yeah. Because I think I we also, all want the answers. Totally. Uh, something that my coaches and coaching instructors also um, ask, which is a similar question, is like, what if this wasn't a problem, uh. right? Yeah. So, what would your life be like if that wasn't right? And how can you shift your thinking so that you can consider this maybe isn't a problem, right? It's just another mm-hmm. way of looking at the same thing that you just mentioned. I think it's like exploring in our own minds the possibility that um, problems either are here to stay. So how can we live with them? Or what if they weren't problems at all? What if you stop telling yourself that story? <laughs> yeah. That isn't true. Or what if you told yourself a different one? So I think, cool. I think we're illustrating, you know, some of the, some of the things that happens yeah. in a, in a coaching session. Um, so if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to find you? Yeah. So my website is Rachel Cole, C-O-L-L is how you spell my last name, rachelcolecoaching.com. Um, you can also shoot me an email at Rachel, R-A-C-H-E-L, Elizabeth, uh, mm-hmm. Cole, C-O-L-L at gmail.com especially if you're a lawyer, because we need the most help. Yeah, we do. We have amazingly analytical brains that sometimes fire against us when we are uh, out of the courtroom and in our personal relationships. Absolutely. God bless you for coaching lawyers. (laughs) In their relationships, it's so hard. But we have such um, good intentions. I think we're really trying to solve every problem in the world always with with our minds and our words. And so it's just about um, fine-tuning that so that it serves us best in all areas of our lives. I love that. Yeah, I think lawyers are some of the hardest working people in the world. And I, they get a bad rap. Like, they're so, we work, other, other lawyers, <laughs> they work so hard. And it's yeah. such a hard job. But yeah, using, as you said, using those things that are helpful in the courtroom maybe to serve us a little better in our personal lives. Yeah. But, but you don't always, co- you don't just coach lawyers. I don't. I coach anybody who's interested in in working on their relationships and um, and cultivating a better relationship with themselves and their partners. Um, so yeah, lawyers are not. If you're a human <laughs> and you, you want to work on your relationship, which is basically everyone, then mm-hmm. I'm glad you're here. And I'm so Thank glad you. you're able to take this thing that you love so much and that you got hooked on and make it into your full-time career. Yeah. That's, That's fun. awesome because not everybody's able to do that. So that is a gift. Thank you. It's been just, yeah, a total joy. I love working with the clients that I have and uh, continuing to meet people in this process is just awesome. So thank you. Well, thanks for coming. And um, yeah, we'll put your stuff in the show notes. Beautiful. Have a wonderful day. And um, it's such a pleasure to get to know you a little bit more. Thank you. Same to you. I appreciate it. Yeah. Have a great one. Thanks. See Bye. You. And there you have it. That was my conversation with relationship coach, Rachel Cole. Hope you enjoyed it. 
Thanks, as always, for joining me. Thank you, Rachel, for your time. I enjoyed getting to know you better. And, yeah, a lot of really interesting insights in that one. Um, I love the part where she talks about um, one of the pitfalls is approval-seeking in relationship. I think that's right on and something I've um, sort of been prone to over the years. Thanks again for listening. Consider giving us a five-star review. Be safe, be well, be healthy, and hopefully we'll see you next time. Take care.